if you don't give your money a job, mm-hmm. it will find one. Yes. It will find a way for you to spend it. So yeah. if you don't have a plan for it in place already for mm-hmm. it to have a place to go, whether that is saving for your, for Christmas, yeah. saving for a new laptop or a new phone or for a vacation or for retirement or whatever it is, it could just be having an emergency fund. Right. That's a big one. Make sure you have an emergency fund. Yes. Please. Yes. And it can be as simple as, you know, as not sexy as saving an emergency fund. <laughs> I know. Like, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a ton of money mm-hmm. either. My name is Allison Baggerly, creator of Inspire Budget, and I'm on a mission to help women live their best life and reach their money goals. Join me here for inspiring conversations to help you learn more about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt, and investing for your future. You'll be hearing not only from me, but others along the way that have a story and voice to share. Let's dive in. Today, I get to introduce you to my friend, Caroline Vinsel. Caroline is a money-saving expert, especially when it comes to her family of six living on one low income. She is a master of living on a tight budget and still having a full life. Her passion is to teach other women how to make their money work for them and to take charge of their own financial lives. Let's hear from Caroline. Caroline, welcome so much to the Inspired Budget Podcast. I'm excited and thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and to talk with you guys. Yes, you and I met many years ago and we've stayed as close friends. But one thing that I love about you specifically is your money story, your your history with money, starting with your childhood and moving into young adulthood. Can you please dive into that a little bit here? Sure. So I will try to be as concise as humanly possible because it's one of those, let me take you back to my childhood. (laughs) I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia to very rich parents, at -hmm. least from the outside, they were rich. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this. (laughs) So we grew up very, very privileged, Land Rovers, BMWs. And then it felt like it was an overnight process of when it just all went away. My parents decided that they wanted to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. And then the following years, the cars got repossessed. They, we wound up having to basically shop, go from shopping at like Fifth Avenue to Salvation Army. We ate beans and rice kind of thing. It, and they both filed for bankruptcy. So I went from wow. like this super ultra privileged, everything is wonderful. We went on vacations mm-hmm. to basically being dead broke. Like we did not have money for oil heat in the winters in Pennsylvania. Okay. That so kind of thing. How, how old were you when you remember that when they got divorced? I was 12. It was the summer that I turned 13. Okay. So how did you process that? I mean, you're a teenager. You're going through already just being a teenager, which can be difficult. And how do you process that your life is being completely flipped upside down? Not just with your divorcing, but just with like stability as well. Truthfully, I probably handled it very poorly. Um, As a child, I rebelled a great deal, dyed my hair a bunch of different colors. But at the same time, I remember looking back on it and realizing that my parents were not infallible, that they did make mistakes yeah, and that I got to see kind of that my parents were human. We all think of our parents Mm -hmm. as like superheroes until like a point where we're like, oh my gosh, you're a person too. Go figure. (laughs) And that was kind of how it felt was realizing that they had made mistakes that led them to this point. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that anybody else except for them 
brought them to that point. They had made the decisions that brought them to where they were. They decided to get into credit card debt. They decided to lease cars. They decided to only rent houses. They decided to go on expensive vacations. They decided not to put money into retirement. They decided never to invest. And so now I get to see at this very foundational time in my life, what not to do. (laughs) That was basically what it was. (laughs) So this all happens. And then bring us into young adulthood, Caroline. What goes on there? Sure. So young adulthood, Caroline turned from this, I'm never going to spend money. I'm not going to be like my parents. And I was ultra frugal. I went out of my way when I was looking for colleges. I found as many scholarships as I could get. And I got basically a completely free ride to a state university in Pennsylvania. It wasn't my first choice, but that's beside the point. So by the time you are going to college, you've already seen, okay, this is what happened to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I want to do, I want to be the complete opposite, just almost like polarizing opposite. Is that correct? Yeah, I decided right then that I was never going to let somebody else pretend like they managed my money because that was the issue with my parents was one of them had taken control of, I've got this, I can handle the money. You just don't worry about it. And then when everything came crashing down, it felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath of them. And it was like, what do I do now? And you thought that it was this big secure blanket. And to me, that was a... All right. Much to my poor husband now's chagrin. I'm like, I am a fiercely independent person. Like I will never depend on anybody else. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to graduating from high school with a 4.2 GPA and then boom, getting pregnant at 18. So So that's, that's how that story went. I've went from being super privileged to broke to I've got this, I can do it Mm -hmm. myself. And then I'm pregnant with my now husband. We'd known each other for three months it was at that point in time when we realized we're like, okay, it will make more sense financially Mm -hmm. for him to be the one to go to work and I'll stay home with the baby and do homemaking stuff, which I have never been skilled at, but nevertheless, (laughs) that was kind of the deal because, and that's not what you wanted to do, right? You wanted to be a CEO. That was what you like as a little child. Didn't you go around and you said, I want to be CEO of a company one day. I did. I had my little briefcase that was my dad's hand-me-down. I walked Mm -hmm. around with it in my pink blazer. I don't know why a five-year-old had a blazer, but I did. Because you had had dreams. I did. I was, I'm going to be the youngest CEO of a Fortune 500 company and bam, pregnant. Yeah. So, okay. So you're 19, (laughs) teen mom. Your husband's going off to work. You're staying home. Now with this difficult past with money, where are you now financially? Like currently, like today? No, at at 19, at 19. Oh, at 19, it was really bad because I realized that not everybody thought the way that I did. Mm -hmm. And I realized in kind of having to go uphill, it was an uphill battle of realizing we as people carry around this baggage that shapes us and molds us in ways that we don't even realize. Mm -hmm. And so I married this man whom I love, but his life story is totally different than mine. And he was older. He was, he's six years older than me. And so he had kind of always lived hand to mouth. Oh, you get paid. Well, I'm going to go spend money. And that's just how it worked. The card doesn't work. I guess I have to stop spending money. (laughs) And he never had to take into consideration providing for two other people. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was a battle oh my gosh, I was not a kind human. Because again, when we think of our lives, we think, doesn't everybody know this? 
Yeah. Doesn't everybody understand looking at your credit cards or your bank balance? If you don't have money, the rent has to get paid. Why do you think that you have money? You do not. Right. And so <laughs> that's the the long story there is it was it was a fight. It was an mm-hmm. uphill battle and it was not good. And I wouldn't want to go back to that if you paid me those years of constant struggle. But it did help both my husband and I realize that. I'm the saver, he's the spender, and that each of us had a point. If I yep. was left to my own devices, I'd live under a rock. <laughs> I I'd just live under a rock. I would have, I would go get my takeout every once in a while, do my own thing when I want to, but I would never really go and spend money. And my husband is has this beautifully ambitious spending. So I'm going to put it nicely. <laughs> he loves to spend. See, I, that's how I am. I love to spend. Yeah. It brings me joy. It brings me happiness, but yeah. I've had to learn to enjoy saving and investing, but you need this balance. You don't want two spenders. That's for sure. Right. So yeah. a balance is nice. Absolutely. And we had to find that balance and we were young and we had this baby and we were like, what are we Mm -hmm. doing? And it took a long time, but finally it got to a point where I had tried so hard to put on this good wife hat. I tried so hard to be this good supporting wife. Okay, honey, you do that. I'll just stay here. Whatever. Don't worry. And how long did that last? (laughs) (laughs) It was the square peg in the round hole that I was trying to fit for like a solid two years or something. You know, just let him have one. Like, it'll be okay. It's not that big of a deal. But it was always and. It was never just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll go out to dinner or I'll buy something at lunch when he was at work. It was and I'm going to get an energy drink. Right. And at the time he was smoking and I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes and I'm going to do this and, 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 and. Yeah. By the end of where did the money go? And he's like, I don't know. And y'all weren't <laughs> making a lot of money, were you? No. At that time we were, and I'm not kidding. I keep the pay stubs because it, it breaks my heart at the, <laughs> like at the same time as it's just so motivating. He was making $10 an hour when we first mm. had our oldest son. And then they gave him a huge raise to $11 an hour. <laughs> and that was where he stayed for two years because mm-hmm. the company was going through something or whatever. Um, that was the excuse that they gave at least. Yeah. And so we literally lived off of $17,000 a year take home pay wow. as a family wow. of three. It was that horrible. Is, that is, that's difficult, but the fact that you were able to manage that, like, was it stressful? Like going back to those two years, it was stressful. And how did, how did eventually you increase your income? Cause I know you don't live off a $17,000 take home pay now. So what happened to help you increase your income? So that way that was no longer your reality. It took a lot and it was a little bit of everything from saving to finding new jobs, to finding cheaper Mm -hmm. housing, to staying in a place that was smaller because the rent was cheaper, um, to buying a house on an FHA loan where we only needed to put $3,000 down. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of different things. It started with the fact that we were always living hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I think it was probably when our son was 18 months old or something. I want to have another baby. Yeah. I want to have another baby and I don't want them to be 18 years apart. Ideally, we should probably start looking towards that, but we were living in a two bedroom apartment at the time. Mm -hmm. This is not going to work. And so 
much to, oh, this sounds terrible. Every time I tell the story, I'm like, it sounds like I'm the meanest human ever, but I swear there was a point to my madness here. I was living with Asher, my beautiful husband, whom I love. And I had to start hiding money. Okay. I, I know you were waiting for me to say that. I know (laughs) I've heard you talk about this before. You have a husband who is spending, would you say recklessly? Is that the word you Yes. Use? With abandon. Okay. Just, and just, just left and right. And yep. you're living on $17,000 a year. You have bigger dreams for your life and for your money and for your family. And so you resort to hiding money from your husband. What did this look like? Are you talking under the mattress? opening up secret savings account. Like, what do you mean you're hiding money? I need you to give me, you know, cause I always sound like the meanest person when I say that. And I'm always waiting for somebody to be like, that is financial abuse. You are absolutely right. If I found out that someone was hiding money from mm-hmm. me, I would be really ticked off, but here's the method to my madness. And I will share it with you when you're living in a situation where there is reckless spending Mm -hmm. where it's putting you and your family in danger because of the fact that Mm -hmm. you're so close to on the edge. We had second notices for our rent missing or like not getting paid on time. Our electric bill was going to get shut off. It was, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And so we hit that kind of rock bottom place. Mm -hmm. And from there, I realized that I needed to be the catalyst for the change. I couldn't just wait for my husband to come around. I couldn't just wait for things to, for him to eventually some God moment where he was just going to get tapped on the shoulder by an angel. Who's like, get your stuff together, man. Right. I had to stop waiting for that. And I had to start taking it into my own hands. What that looked like was I literally started a new savings account Mm -hmm. and every payday, but like, so he got paid direct deposit. So we would wake up on Friday morning and the bank will have shown that he got deposited right. direct deposited. And so every Friday I had an automatic withdrawal set up mm-hmm. to go into a different savings account for $25. Okay. And Just he, $25. And he didn't have access to the savings account. No, he did not. Okay. It was in a different bank. Like it was in a different location. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't show up on, let me be clear. I gave him ample opportunity to go and look at the bank account on his phone and he never did. So right. it was there. It was just not connected. I so see like, it saying. was still at the same bank. It just wasn't. They weren't linked. You couldn't exactly. transfer. You like, couldn't transfer easily. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it was. Every time that he would work overtime, mm. I would put that extra money into that account. Oh. Every time that we had money left over in our budget mm-hmm. from the end of the week, even if it was just a few bucks, I would mm-hmm. put that into that account. Because the thing was, and his pattern was always the same. If he could swipe his card, it mm-hmm. would get swiped. Yeah. And so what we used to do was at the end of the week, we would put money into savings and that would be it. Mm-hmm. But it was like there was never enough money. And so what was the point? Mm -hmm. That was our thought process, which was dangerous in and of itself. And so after a while, it took took a little while. I'm not going to lie. Again, we're living on $17,000 a year. You're not not Um, like making a fortune here. No. And so every 
every bit of overtime that he worked, every hour of overtime, which mm-hmm. is time and a half, I put it in there. Every time that there was anything extra, it went over in there. Right. Anytime that we didn't go over on our food budget, we put it in there. Mm-hmm. And so I finally, when I had a thousand dollars in that savings account, which doesn't seem like a lot, but at the time, again, we'd never been able to save more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. Ever. I mean, that's a thousand dollars on $17,000 a year is a process. Oh yeah. It was huge. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was Christmas money, birthday money, overtime money, you name it. It all went in there. And so I came to him and showed him the balance. And I said, look, we saved a thousand dollars. And obviously he was like, you've been hiding this money. He felt very betrayed, but then we had the conversation of, but did you realize Mm -hmm. that it was happening? Did you feel like you had to curtail your lifestyle? Did you feel like you were living with less, like you didn't enjoy life? Mm -hmm. And the answer was no. He was still able to go and get his lunch at work when he wanted to. We were still able to pay our bills. It was a little bit tighter, but it wasn't so much that it was restricting to the point of, of exhaustion and burnout. Right. And so that for him was, I think, an eye-opening moment. If I did this, if I, Caroline, did this without telling anybody on my own with just pennies, dollars mm-hmm. here and there, what could we do if we worked together? Yes. Oh, I love what it. What could we do if we came in together as a team? Mm-hmm. And that was when I, I started showing him Again, this was in 2013 when the housing market looked very different than it does now. <laughs> and so I showed him, look, we could get a $100,000 house mm-hmm. and we would just need to pay $3,000. Right. We're a third of the way there to that down payment with this FHA loan. Yeah. And we could move. And I started showing him what could be. Right. What the potential was, what there was out there that we didn't have to be stuck, that we didn't have to feel trapped. And that for him was a big moment. And so it wasn't anymore. I felt like I had to strong arm him Mm -hmm. into savings. It didn't feel like I was being the bad guy anymore. Yeah. It was he started initiating. Oh, I'm not going to spend any more this week. I've already spent too much. My head about exploded the first time that man said that. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? He became aware of yeah. how his spending affects us as a family. Instead yeah. of it just being like, I'm spending money. What? <laughs> like, yeah. What's the problem? You know what I think is so wonderful about this is it's not that he couldn't have a dream and a vision. It's that it might have been harder for him to focus in on that dream and that vision. And I think that that can be very common for some people where they can't always see it, but they need a little bit of guidance to get them there. And then they're on board. And so if that's what it took for your family to have that security, to be able to buy a house, and then ultimately, you know, move into a different stage with your money, then I'm sure he'd go back and say, let's do it all over again. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. This was a full circle moment. We have in this in this time we still bought a house. We bought a house, true story guys. It was $82,000. <laughs> we just sold it for $147,000. It was mind blowing. Mind blowing. But we bought this house for 82,000. Mm-hmm. It was the cheapest we could find it. Yeah. We moved. We're still they gave us a, a loan on, on $13 an hour I think at the time. I'm like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> So we moved into this house. We have another baby. We have another baby shortly thereafter because I'm a psycho. <laughs> Just, like, oh, babies, what's that for? We've moved. All of this has worked. And he got a new job. 
it was absolutely one of those moments of he needed an extra push. He needed to realize things weren't changing in a positive way at his job and he needed to start looking elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that to him was a big leap of faith. It was Mm -hmm. a big leap of faith for all of us. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or whatever it is. You have a job is good. It's very good job. (laughs) Like, but what else is out there? Mm -hmm. Pushed him a little bit and literally the first job on monster.com or whatever was the job that was dream job status for him. He works as a steel worker. Yeah. And they started him off at $18 an hour, quickly bumped him up to 25. Nice. And when he left this past year, I think it was at 32. Yeah. Like, so he, it was really great. It was a so, lot better than $17,000 a year. It was a lot better than 17. And yeah. so that was where our come up was, was we lived on 17, like $25 an hour. That's cake. Yeah. We've, we've done all of this work. We've moved up. And the part where it came full circle was a few years ago, he, Asher decided that he wanted a motorcycle mm-hmm. and I was like, we are not getting out alone yeah. for a motorcycle. It's just not happening. And so the deal was, if you can save up for it in cash, mm. you can buy it. Absolutely. And now he's a responsible driver and everything. I know. Don't, don't even get me started. I don't <laughs> like them, but if it makes him happy, it makes him happy. This man, and I'm not exaggerating, saved up $3,600 in a month because he literally worked for like 80 hours a week. He grabbed as much overtime as he Mm -hmm. could. He worked weekends. He worked days and nights and everything in between so that he could save up. And that to me was, I just needed to give him the incentive. Yeah. The path. He just needed to find that thing that made him inspired to do this. Because when we're talking about, we need to save money. If there's somebody who is a spender, just the idea of having money saved, but what is it there for? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He needs, he needs a reason. He needs a reason behind it. So I understand that. Yeah. You know, I guess, I think a lot of people need that. And that's where having your goals and your dreams and your wants outlined and written down, I think can be really helpful because you're sitting here thinking, what am I doing the sacrifice for again? Why am I working overtime again? And he yep. had something to work toward where maybe in the past he yeah. didn't have to work towards something because he just figured he could have everything he wanted. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And it was, it was a really interesting moment because for him two years before then, mm-hmm. he would have just been, I'll figure out how to get a loan. Like yeah. there's no way I can ever buy this if I have to pay cash. That's just not going to happen. And he saw what was possible when you put your mind to it. Yeah. When you really are intentional with every dollar that you make and spend and save and everything. Mm -hmm. And so now I am pleased to say that that is where his brain goes is we've decided we want to go on big vacations this year. And he's like, all right. So we're going to start saving for them. I'm like, yes, we are. I love it. You are totally right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you are very familiar with getting by even on a low income or even whenever you are struggling with money, whether that came from your childhood, whether that came from your circumstance when you're a teen mom, and when that came from having a husband that you were married to who loves to spend money. So let's say someone is listening and they're sitting here thinking, I'm struggling to get by with my money and my finances. What tips do you have for them to maybe help them get some motivation or be able to save money on a lower income? 
Well, yeah, I'm fully in support of start saving on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So anywhere where you can set up a savings, an auto withdrawal, your bank will do it where they'll transfer money every day that you tell it to yeah. over into a savings account. Set that up because especially on payday, Mm -hmm. In our heads, if we see $700, let's just call it a nice $700. Mm -hmm. If you see $700 in your bank account, you will think I have $700 to spend. Right. But if you see $600 because you've already moved $100 over into savings, mm -hmm. then you will only be able to spend $600. So it's already kind of the psychology behind it is it's already saved. It's already moved. You didn't have to do anything. And this is what it is. This is how much money I have. I like it because you don't have to make the tough decision. You don't have to make yes. the choice. It takes the choice. Yeah. It removes the choice away. So you're not tempted to say, well, I'll, you know, I'll skip this week, but I'll do it next week. Because that's what yep. I found with, with myself is, is I would make up excuses like that. I know for us, we do something very similar with investing. And yep. then also with saving for other things like Christmas and holidays and vacations, the day we get paid and charity, the day yeah. we get paid, I give to my charity of choice and I invest and I do all these things because otherwise yeah. it seems like that money, I'll find it. I'll find more exciting things to do with it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh yeah. If you don't give your money a job, mm -hmm. it will find one. Yes. It will find a way for you to spend it. So yeah. if you don't have a plan for it in place already for mm -hmm. it to have a place to go, whether that is saving for your, for Christmas, yeah. saving for a new laptop or a new phone or for a vacation or for retirement or whatever it is, it could just be having an emergency fund. Right. That's a big one. Make sure you have an emergency fund. Yes. Please. Yes. And it can be as simple as, you know, as not sexy as saving an emergency fund. <laughs> I know. Like, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a ton of money mm -hmm. either. Do not feel like just because you don't have a thousand dollars to put into a vacation fund each month that it's not worth saving for. Exactly. It might, it'll take you longer, obviously, like if you're putting in $25 a week. Mm -hmm. But that's still money that you're saving each week. That's still work that you're doing towards your goals that are going to be making your life worth living. Yes, I totally agree. I think that's such a good point. I want to ask you our three questions that I ask every single guest. I just love hearing hearing everyone's answers. So don't think these through too okay. hard. But the first okay. one is, what's one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? Oh, okay. So how big are we going to go here? I want to travel the world with my children because that was something that my parents did without my brother and me. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I know I still give my parents crap for that. You guys had so much money and you went to Morocco and Portugal and you left my brother and me ah. at the house. Like, what was that? But now that I'm a parent, I'm children. Yeah. Children me. and plane tickets are more expensive, yeah. all the things. Yeah. But you want to so travel the world with your children. I want to go to New Zealand and Australia cool. and then go over to Ireland and be in Paris. And I have this ridiculous, I, I speak French fluently. Wow. I've never been able to use it. I didn't yeah. know that. That Wait. is cool. <laughs> okay. So the second one is, let's say you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions, no children, no husband. What do you do with that time? Oh gosh. Don't tempt me with a good time. I'm going to go walk around home goods. 
And then I'm going to get a cup of coffee and sit in my car in silence. I love it. And then, and then do some work because I enjoy what I do. Yeah. See, that's me too. <laughs> I like what I do. So it's not, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Okay. So, and now I want you to complete the sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. Do my children count? Like, I mean, they or count. Does be, or does it need to be like an actual thing? Well, our move to Virginia was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I was that costs a lot of money, but you're that was, where you want to be now. It's exactly where I want to be. That's that was good. my favorite thing that we spent money on was was uprooting our whole family and moving into a different state yeah. in the mountains to be near family. I love it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, Caroline, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can learn more about you? Absolutely. So I have a website. It's carolinevensel.com and you can get a bunch of free resources on how to help you save money, learn about frugality and budgeting. And I'm over on Instagram at carolinevensel. Yes. And I'll link that down below in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us, Caroline. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun talking with Caroline and I hope you enjoyed listening in on the conversation as well. Ultimately, I hope that this podcast episode helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. See you next week.